What do meditation and dog training have in common? You might be surprised, and you'll find out next on Live Happy Now. Once you have that foundation of being in the moment and being calm and being aware of your surroundings, then after that, it's just all technique. Hello, this is Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Happy Now podcast. This week, we're talking to John Miller, a Dallas-based dog trainer who brings a unique approach to his practice. John is the guy people go to when other techniques have failed, and his work brings in elements of meditation and Buddhism. John's approach has had lasting results for both the dogs and for their humans. Let's listen as Live Happy Science editor Paula Phelps talks with John about how we can all learn to be better humans for our dogs. John, welcome to Live Happy Now. It's a pleasure to have you on our show today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, you and I have talked before uh, for our Live Happy Radio podcast and a subject everybody here at Live Happy loves, and I know a lot of our listeners do too, and that is dogs. So can you uh, tell us why you're here today to talk about dogs? So the reason I'm here today um, is to tell you about how dogs and people communicate to each other through their energy and body language. And since this is Live Happy Magazine, we're also going to be talking about how dogs can uh, make us happy and why dogs make us happy. Yeah, because I love there's so much research that's come out that shows that having a pet is good for you emotionally. It does cheer you up and it's also good for your immune system and lowers your stress level. So I think we tend to focus on what dogs or cats, (laughs) but mostly dogs do for us. But we don't always think about what our moods are doing for our pets. Exactly. So. Yeah, so, so can you talk about that? Why, how do our moods and, and our energy affect our pet's behavior? Well, first of all, dogs um, live in the moment, meaning they don't think too much uh, into the future. They don't think too much into the past. And that's one of the main reasons that they make us happy, besides the fact that they're cute and they're smart and <laughs> they do fun stuff. Um, they live in the moment, and they're very forgiving animals. For example, you know, if they get in a fight or a scuffle or something, most, uh, most of the time they... They get over it, and within you know less than a minute, they're best friends again because they're living in the moment, and um, they're not stressed out by the future or the past, or they're not worried. Um, so that's one of the things, one of the reasons that uh, dogs make us happy, uh, and we may not realize that's the reason, but you know they're they're in the moment. So when we come home, they're looking right at us like, "Oh, you're home! I can't believe it! You're home right now!" <laughs> and we walk in the house, and we might still be stressed out about our day what happened at work, you know, um, if there's a conflict with work or family or finances or, you know, things like that. Those things, you know, don't really exist in a dog's world. Uh, So they have uh, the ability, I guess that's sort of an advantage they have over us, is constantly being in the moment and drawing us to the moment, which which is actually reality, in my opinion. So how does it affect our dog when we walk in the door? And like you said, we've had a bad day or traffic was horrendous, or running late, and we walk in, our dog's all happy to see us, and we're grumpy. Like, yes, we still love our dog, but we're, we're not in our best self. Um, right. So how does that affect our, our pet? Well, uh, it does affect them. And the longer, like, for example, if you come home every single day and you're grumpy, then that's going to definitely affect your dog because your dog is going to start seeing you as a grumpy person. Um, And we want our dogs to see us uh, being in the moment with them, and we want them to see that we are happy. Uh, And even if we are um, stressed out about something, like for example, if uh, 
someone close to us just passed away, and we're really sad about that. Um, if we dwell on that for too long, then you know our, our dog doesn't know that someone passed away. They just see that we're dwelling on something and we're thinking so far into the past. So the best thing for us to do is to sort of get on the dog's level, get on the animal level, and realize that you know they're not worried about something that happened a few days ago. And for us to just let things go and and let things be in the moment. And so the more that we the more that we do the opposite of that, and the more that we think about the past and think about the future. We're sort of, in most cases, confusing the dog because, you know, you walk into the house and you're grumpy about something and the dog's looking around thinking, why are you grumpy? It's only me. And you just came into the house. No one else is here. No one else is causing you to be grumpy. So why are you grumpy right now? And that can be a little uh, confusing for our dogs. And then what does it do for us? Like if we start taking, you know, kind of slow the roll for a minute and say, all right, I'm getting ready to go in my house. I've got to be my best self for my dog. And what does that do for us? Because if we adjust ourselves, if we take that second to, to reset our button and say, all right, I'm going to drop what happened and I'm going to walk in and I'm going to enjoy this moment with my dog. then what kind of benefits are we getting from that? Oh, well, that's just uh, beneficial in any, any walks of life. Even if, even if you don't have a dog, um, and that's, uh, one thing that any, you know, anybody should do is if you're stressed out about something and you're about to go into a room of other people, um, you know, right now we're talking about dogs mainly, but let's say you don't have dogs. Let's say you're about to go into your office and you're stressed out about something at home. The best thing for you to do is to, uh, take a moment, whether you're in your car before you walk through the door, just take a moment to yourself and take a few deep breaths and just be in the moment and realize where you are, what your surroundings are what you're doing in that moment. Uh, and even if you don't completely get the negative thoughts out of your mind, you will at least calm yourself down and you'll be prepared to enter that room and not bring down the energy. And I think this is a good place to bring up that you have studied meditation and you've been meditating for a long time and you bring that not only into your own life but into your training with dogs. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the reasons I got, you know, my whole life I've loved animals and I always... Uh, vision my future is working with animals somehow uh, and and one of the reasons that I got into dog training is because first I got into uh, Buddhism and I got into meditation uh, and that you know I was having some struggles through my own life at that time back when I was around 17 18 years old uh, had a few family members pass away had a lot of questions about life and I was really stressed out really sad and so I got into meditation and and I realized that living in the moment is the only place to live it's really the only reality we have and when we dwell in the past, we're creating things that aren't true. Um, so I got into living in the moment, I should say, not just meditation, but I got into living in the moment. And then I realized that I was just more aware of things in general. But on top of that, dogs, I was able to see things uh, with my own dogs, my parents' dogs. I was able to see things that I that I couldn't see right in front of me that was happening for years. And some things were able you know, to be fixed you know, overnight because I could see the solution and I could see what was happening in that moment because I wasn't blinded by my thoughts of the past or the future. Uh, so that was really my start of dog training is, is because of meditation. Um, and meditation sort of started my dog training career. It started out just being a fun thing where I was helping friends and family um, and working with my own dog. And then I realized that, you know, I had something there by being in the moment. Uh, and then, on, you know, when, once you have that foundation of, of, being in the moment and, and being calm and being aware of your surroundings, then after that, it's just all technique. 
Well, I think that's so terrific that you're not, there's no separation of, well, meditation is something I do, but then I go train dogs. I love how you've really seamlessly integrated these two things and it's so beneficial for the dogs. And I know that you do a lot of work with rescue groups and, and animals that have been abused. And yes. for those animals, especially how important is this to be able to bring this meditative approach and this sense of calm to animals who have had pretty rough lives? Well, the sense of calm and, and being in the moment, uh, uh, you know, it shows the dog that you are not a threat. Whereas, you know, a lot of people may have good intentions when they're trying to help their dog, but if they're doing the wrong thing and they're not living in, in the moment, being in the moment, then it could confuse the dog. For example, let's say you um, have a feral dog that's been out on the streets for years uh, and was just trapped in a cage and then it's your and it's now your responsibility to rehabilitate that dog well if your first instinct is to try and communicate with the dog then you're already starting out in the wrong place because here you are looking at the dog talking to the dog and the dog is very confused because it doesn't understand our language so the best thing to do in that situation is to show the dog that you are not a threat just sit down on the floor don't look at the dog directly you don't want to show the dog that you are necessarily interested in him because we're, what we want to think about is what does the dog see through his eyes or, or her eyes. And what we want the dog to see is a calm human being that, that is not necessarily interested in them. Um, and is, there's just a calm, uh, sentient being that that dog feels safe to approach and smell. But, you know, if they're afraid of you or even if they're aggressive or something like that, uh, we don't want to try to use our human language and try to baby them and stare at them um, and we, we just want to show that we're not a threat. Uh, so, you know, without even knowing a whole lot of stuff about dog training, without reading a bunch of books and, and getting certification and all this stuff, you can start out by just simply doing nothing, meaning sit there, close your eyes, or look at the wall in front of you, um, and take a few deep breaths and just be there. And you'll notice that the, that the dog will start to calm down. And it's so tough because people, you see a dog, especially a dog that's been hurt, who, who is afraid, and you want to reach out, you know, that nurturing instinct kicks in, and you're like, yes. oh, come here, and you don't understand, like, why is this dog growling exactly. at me? Why did he just try to bite me? Exactly. So, yeah, so it's really a case of retraining ourselves, and, and again, what's so wonderful is, like, we get the benefit as well as the dog benefiting from it. Oh, exactly, uh, because you, um, there's an old saying that you can't lie to a dog, uh, and what that means is, you know, you can't pretend to be calm, you you have to be calm in order for that to work. Um, if you pretend to be calm, it might help a little bit because, you know, you might go from staring at the dog to not staring at the dog. And uh, But if you truly calm yourself down and you're taking a few deep breaths and you're simply just living, being there, not doing anything drastic, not running around, not trying to uh, entice them with food and all sorts of things... Uh, just simply being there and being calm, yeah, absolutely, you'll you'll benefit from that. Um, you don't have to have a dog to benefit from being in the moment. Uh, it's just for me, whenever I have a, a dog that needs help like that, most of the dogs we work with need rehabilitation. For me, it sort of, uh, in a way, kind of forces me to be calm um, because I have no other, there is no other method that will work. So, you know, my career, uh, by default, helps me be a calm person because I cannot be successful in this career, in this field of rehabilitating dogs, unless I'm calm. That's so interesting. Maybe we should all take up dog training. <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should all work with animals a little bit, you know? 
<laughs> I think so. And we, you know, we talked about how you can prepare yourself for coming home and walking in the door. And what about when you're leaving? Because I know, wow, especially families with children and they've got to get the kids off to school and, and he's got to get to work. She's got to get to work and we've got to put the dog up and all these things are happening every day and it can be pretty chaotic. So how do you change that? How do you make it like, how do you make it a, a calmer experience for the dog as you're leaving for the day? Well, one thing that uh, almost almost every dog owner does wrong is they, right before they leave their house, they look at their dog and they pet their dog and they say, be a good boy, mama, you'll be back soon. And what we're doing is we're saying, look at me, focus on me, let me get you excited, and then I'm going to walk out the door. So we're leaving our dogs excited and a lot of times they get a little confused because, you know, they're thinking, why were you just engaging with me if you're leaving? Uh, you know, what, do you want me to follow you? Uh, and so they're just left alone in the house, all excited and stuff because you were just petting them. So the best thing to do is just, um, sort of keep to yourself and take a few deep breaths before you leave your house to sort of, uh, set your day. Um, and then so that what the dog sees is that you're just calm and you left on a calm note. And what that does is it helps to leave our dogs on a calm note before we leave the house. That's interesting. And again, we do, we think from our standpoint as humans, we think, well, if someone leaves without telling me goodbye, I'm going to be like, what did I do wrong? Right. So, so we just naturally do want to uh, tell our little guy, see ya before exactly. we leave. Exactly. And if you do say goodbye to your dog, you know, because some people will say, well, I'm just not going to ignore my dog before I leave. Um, so not everyone's going to take that advice. But if you are going to say bye, then let it be something calm. You know, say, bye, buddy, and that's it, and maybe a little pet. Um, you just don't want to get them super excited right before you leave because then you're leaving an excited dog. It's kind of like uh, leaving your child extremely excited, giving them a bunch of candy, and then leaving them by themselves all day. <laughs> what um, could go wrong there? What could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when kids go off to school for the school year and they've been home all summer and now they're gone, or when a teenager goes off to college, I've, I, I saw a friend who went through this. They had a, a dog named Malcolm, and their son had been with that pup, that dog since it was a puppy. Then he goes off to college, and this was a horrible experience for Malcolm because his his leader was gone. Right. So how do you handle those types of situations? And I, I think too often we we don't think about the effect that our changes have on our dogs. Absolutely. Dogs are all about routine. So um, if, like you said, a uh, teenager has had this dog's whole life and, and that dog sees him as or her as the, uh, as the leader and, you know, they go off to college, um, if there's no other person in the house that has those leadership qualities, then the dog is going to show behavioral problems. Maybe the dog will start uh, becoming afraid of things or start peeing on things or start ripping up furniture um, or become aggressive. There's all sorts of things that they will do, but they, what they won't do is stay a well-balanced dog if they feel like there's no leader there. Um, very rarely uh, will a dog not have behavioral problems if there's no leadership. So what should someone do if they're going through, say, their family either went through a, this kind of change or they know it's coming up? What kind of things should they do first to prepare their dog, and then when that change happens, how can they manage it better? The best thing for them to do is is to focus on making sure that the dog always ha always has a leader. So, for example, let's say uh, uh, you know son goes off to college and the dog is confused uh, and and feels like his leader is gone. Then whoever lives at that house, 
there needs to be at least one person, preferably all people, that have those leadership qualities and, and have a sense of calm but in control and, and also work with the dog, walk your dog, things like that. Uh, and, then, and they will naturally uh, go from having one pack leader to another, which is what happens in the wild. If, if you know, a pack of dogs has a leader and that leader dies for whatever reason, old age or, or sickness or whatever, then there will be another pack leader that takes that role. And that's where, that's where uh, dogs living in the human world can go wrong is they can go from having a pack leader to having no leader and then becoming very confused and then they start trying to take control themselves. So we have to focus on making sure they always have that leader. And if not, then we're failing our dogs. Well, you know, you have so much insight for us. And I, I respect the work that you're doing with the rescues. And I know that's a, another really difficult situation. And while I'm sure a lot of our listeners have dogs, sometimes we're at a phase in our life where we're not able to have a dog. So if that's the case, how can people get their dog fixed? What are some things that they can do to kind of get the benefits of being a dog owner or working with dogs, if, even if they're in a situation where they can't own a dog right now? I'm glad you asked that because there are tons of, of things that you can do to help out with dogs and get your dog fixed. One thing that you can do is go to your nearby shelter. And shelters are always looking for volunteers, even if it's just going once a week and walking a few dogs, those dogs will love that. And the more that they get walked and the more that they feel um, like they're a part of something and not just left alone, the less behavioral problems they have and the faster that they'll get adopted. So you can be, even though you don't have your own animal, you can be a part of helping that animal get adopted. Whether it's a, you know, in most cases a dog or in some cases it's a cat or, you know, all sorts of things, or even horses out there that need to be adopted. Um, but, you know, most shelters, they are so busy uh, doing the cleaning and the administrative uh, tasks that they don't really have time to take all the dogs on a walk. When I first started training dogs before I, you know, became a professional, before I started, started to charge uh, for my services, I went to the shelters almost every day and I would ask the people up front, which ones are your worst dogs? Which ones are, are aggressive? Which ones are fearful? I'd like to take them on a walk. And they look at me like I'm crazy, you know, and they're like, why don't you want to hang out with the fun dogs? Why do you want to be with the aggressive dogs? And I was having fun seeing the progress. There's, you can make a lot of progress. If you know what you're doing, you can make a lot of progress in just an hour with a dog. Um, and even if you don't know anything about dog training, just simply taking a dog out on a walk and being in the moment with that dog, sniffing the things that that dog sniffs you know if he runs up to a bush and wants to sniff a bush go and, and sniff the bush with him and show show him you know we can we can do things together you don't have to do everything alone and that will help the dog start to engage with human beings um and i and i think what's so great is the human gets the benefit of it at all as as well because one thing i really try to do I have my little dog, Archie. He's a Boston Terrier, all 17 pounds. Don't be afraid. Um, but he, you know, when we go out on walks, I, I leave my phone at home because I see people out walking their dogs and they're on their phone the whole time checking their messages. Yeah. And so I really look at it and I sometimes I have to remind myself, this is his time. Like, don't rush yeah. him. Just this is his time. And what I find is not only does he enjoy it more, but I get a lot more benefit because now I'm appreciating the nature around me. I'm seeing things that I'm certainly not going to see if I'm staring at a screen. Exactly. And I feel so much better when I come in from the walk. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of that as well uh, as far as looking at my phone too much. And um, that's something that 
most of us have a problem with. It's I think it's in my my opinion. I think it's sort of an addiction. Um, we have the problem of getting bored way too easily when there's usually all sorts of things going on around us, especially if you're outside. If you're outside in nature, there are so many things going on that you don't have the time to actually know everything that's going on. Um, so when we walk our dogs out in nature and stuff, that's a, definitely a great idea is to put the phone away or at least leave it in your pocket and don't don't worry about having to Instagram your dog every single time you walk <laughs> him and you know, and what that does is it, 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 that's just kind of feeding our ego. So the less that we feed our ego and the more that we try to benefit our dogs and benefit ourselves, um, the better off our dogs will be and the better off we will be as well. That's terrific. John, I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Uh, we should just do this all the time. Yeah, I'm down for <laughs> because that. Because you always give us so much to think about. And Absolutely. I, I walk away feeling like, wow, I can, I can be a better dog mom we can always be better i've been doing this for 10 years and i can be better as well and if you're ready to learn more about how you can be a better leader for your dog or rehab a troubled dog visit us at livehappynow.com and see what john can do for you that's all the time we have today so until next time this is jeff sanders wishing you a great day and hoping that every single day you live happy